Hello and welcome to First Geek 411. This is episode 109 and I'm your host Cameron Franklin. With me, as always, my best man, Chris Nicolay. Chris, how you doing? I need a nap. Yeah, you seem very tired. Nap sounds wonderful. I need more naps in my life in general. But who doesn't? <laughs> Welcome to being an adult. Why did we ever th- want to skip nap time? What was wrong <laughs> with us? There was just so much more stuff to do. Why did we get rid of nap times? The man. Freaking the man. Oh, the man. But if And if you would like to write in and tell us about how the man has got you down, you can reach out to us on our social media, which is 1geek411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. You can also send us an email at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. You can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We read five-star reviews on the air. Then you can check out our show notes on our website, which is 1geek411.com. As we get into the show, I actually planned out teaser questions for this week. Proud of me. Um, what game might have the best marketing campaign ever? Because it's a bold move, Cotton. We're going to see if it pays off. Then, what are some of the big shows coming to Disney Plus? And then, something to do with isekai animes? I don't know what that means, but I assume Chris is going to tell me. I'll tell you right now what isekai means. It's the in another world. Okay. I feel like you've said that genre before. of anime. I've said that several times. Get with it. I just got get 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 my head in the game. Yep. So before we get into the show, we do have a little announcement that we are going to be moving our main like newsy show to every other week um, going forward until um, the start of the new year. We're going to try to do still do something on the off weeks, but it won't be it might just be me. It might be me with somebody else. We'll see. Um but we're going to try to still do some sort of content, but we won't be having a news heavy show for the holidays. Yeah, just because, yeah. I mean, we we typically dial it back around the holidays. Sometimes like in the past, mm-hmm. well, last past years, we've skipped like yep. two months. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, to be fair, one like, of those two months was like August of last year. So <laughs> it yeah. was like July, August. Right. Something like that. Things are crazy. Yeah. So... We're, we're going to try this so that we can be a little more consistent for the holiday season. Just giving you a heads up mm-hmm. to we'll move into a bi-weekly, which is such a weird word because we need two things. Is it bi-month? No, it's not bi-monthly. I don't know. It's kind it can of be unclear. bi-monthly too. Technically. English is weird. I mean, because bi-weekly can mean any every other year or it can mean twice a mean every other week or twice a week. I don't know. English is a joke. I hate English. So we don't have to stew on we'll this, Chris. What are some of your favorite things from this past week? Um, I built a Yuriko deck for my Commander League. Nice. Although we didn't play on Sunday. We didn't do our league because one of our members was sick. But Yuriko's a lot of fun. Um, Who's Yuriko for the listeners? Yuriko is a Demir commander or potential... Well really designed to be a commander uh with commander ninjutsu so you can ninjutsu her from the command zone um she's just a one three but her so she's normally a three cost commander one three with commander ninjutsu so she's blue and a black for ninjutsu so you can put her into play in place of an unblocked creature 
tapped and attacking, and when she does com or when she or a ninja does combat damage, reveal the top card of your deck. It does damage to all each opponent equal to that card's convert mana cost. Yeah, she's really and sweet. then put that card into your hand. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like I want to do, I want to play two headed giant with Halar and Yuriko. <laughs> it's just quadruple damage. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. pew 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 Mirka. Although half the time, like because of all my cheap unblockable one drops, <laughs> half the time you're like, oh. Everyone take one. Got him. But then you have like the alternate cost. So like you have, I don't know, Silent Blade Oni, which mm-hmm. is the seven drop ninja with six cost ninjutsu. But that's always fun. Hey, seven or um, one of the battle bond cards. Um, or no, I can't remember. Cost destroy two target creatures. Cost one less for each. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, opponent. Um, I forget what it's called, but it co- total mana c- converted mana cost is six. It's like oh, boop them, and I have some removal in my hand. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a gr- I I like her a lot. She's definitely you definitely need it. She's she can be very fast and aggroy, but also limited defense. So mm-hmm. play wisely. I know you've been talking about her for a while, so I'm excited that you got it built. I've been meaning to. Um, missing some some crucial ninjas. Because they're expensive, mm-hmm. like Sakashima, Sakashima student. It's a thirty dollar card. Ain't about that life. I am, but not <laughs> right now. Not with the holidays. Um, that's about it. Also, new anime started this last week, but we'll talk about that later. What See, about you? We've been playing D and D with our small group, um, and we finally hit level three. So my fighter is finally an Eldritch Knight. Um, so we're going to start having some fun with that. Um, and then, um, we went to the Texas Renaissance fair. We met up with, um, Colby and his wife and then Madeline from love thy nerd and her husband. And then, um, Carrie and Corey from faith, trust and pixie dust were there. Um, so we had a pretty good group, um, checking out all this stuff. Um, the fire show was really cool. It's exactly what it sounds like. It was a sh- it was it's a, a show fire with show. fire show of fire. Um, but part of what they did is like the, did you get to play with the fire? Did, I did not get to play with the fire, then, but they fun. had like guys or people, um, with like flaming weapons and stuff. Like, obviously it was chore- choreographed and stuff like that, but it looked sweet. At one point, one of them threw a flaming shield. They had my attention. Was it like, when they threw it, was it like happy trying to throw a shield <laughs> at a No, it, it was drone? pretty good. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not as easy as I thought it was. <laughs> but yeah, those are the big things. I've been playing, also been playing some Thrones of Eldraine drafts on MTG Arena um, because they're now just gold. You don't have to spend gems anymore. So nothing too crazy. 4-3 is my best record so far. So that's not too great, but having a lot of fun. It's a very fun set opening all them cards. So new four, three. Can we get into that true upper nope. percentile? Man, just trying to break even. It's hard. Drafting's yeah. hard. Especially when you money draft. Have like you I do. gotten, have you gotten more than four, uh, seven dwarves? No, I've, n- I haven't had a, had one of those. Although 
sidebar, apparently there's a bug with seven dwarfs um, because you can only play seven of them. So if you happen to draft eight, your deck is illegal, even if they're in your sideboard. Right. Oh. Oops. So hopefully Oops. that'll be fixed Oops. soon. Has that yeah, actually happened I saw a post somewhere? about it on Arena or on like the Arena subreddit. Because... I feel like seven dwarves are semi-rare. Yeah, I've only ever seen one or two. <laughs> like, for commons? But... Yeah. Like, like I think the most... Actually, I don't think in any of my pre-releases I saw more than one in each mm-hmm. pre-release. Um, which yeah. is kind of crazy. It was like, that's a common. I should have pretty much a playset at the very least. And between all of them, you know, I don't think I did get a playset. Yeah. In the commons. But... Oh, well, it's a fun card. Um, With that, let's jump into the news. Um, Our first bit of news is that Fortnite is dead? Question mark. And so over the weekend. Don't die. (laughs) We need you to keep all the (laughs) preteens away from the games I love. Chris, you don't play multiplayer games. That's true. I mean, I play Final Fantasy XIV. Okay, Touche, you win this round. Does that count? Does that count? So over the weekend, Epic, um, in their map-altering event, um, basically or took Fortnite offline, where it's just like a black hole sitting in the middle of the screen. Um, as of recording, I think it's been like 36 hours or something like that. The game has been down. So like, we'll see what happens when they put the game back on. Um, hopefully this is not like the worst marketing campaign and is as genius as it sounds like um, to kind of build excitement for what is coming next. But I don't know. They need to get that back. Up. <laughs> it's definitely for, uh, it definitely like feels really weird to do that on a three day weekend when like school kids are out of school and could be playing Fortnite and spending money on the game. I mean, like a lot of people aren't working. And so I don't think they're too worried about it at the same time. Like it's like, we took enough money from these kids. (laughs) Let's give their parents a break by making them hang out with their kids. Also, as I learned (laughs) on the GameStop subreddit, apparently some people have called GameStop stores to ask if the, if their like system is broken because it won't play the game. So they they were like weren't aware of what happened. So so wait, they were asking GameStop. People call GameStop for really weird things, Chris. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like no, that's not how this works. We don't facilitate anything. Yeah. We just sell you stuff. Turns out GameStop is not Epic Games. So what we, we I thought I thought they were one of the lead designers. I thought that was their new uh, business plan. <laughs> they wish. Speaking of new business plans, everyone is mad at Blizzard. Um, and so this was pointed out to us from by Teos seven seven seven. Not the Chinese government, Cameron. <laughs> and so he sent this on Discord and wanted to hear our take. So, um, this past week. Um, the short version is um, Blizzard banned a Hearthstone player for a year 
um, for making a comment about um, the Hong Kong protests um, after winning a, hearth- a major Hearthstone tournament. They also banned the um, the casters. And then um, turns out people have been really upset about that. Um, they took away the guy's winnings from the tournament at the time. Um, and yeah, people were not too happy about it. And since then, Wizards has, or Wizards, Blizzard has kind of walked it back um, to ban the person for only six months and the casters for six months. And they've given the guy his winnings back. Um, Chris, did you keep up with any of this story? I mean, here and there. um, I mean, yeah, I understand why everyone's mad at Blizzard. It that the reasoning behind the ban is sketchy, but at the same time, how big of their mark of their? I think they also how how many people in China do you think play Blizzard games? I would guess a large number. Like how big of that market do you think? And with Blizzard games predominantly being online and with China's censorship of things, it's, I mean, I can, from a business standpoint, I can understand it. From a media censorship standpoint, you done messed up, eh, Aaron? I know for me, part of it was like when Blizzard put up their statement, um, and I think they released it at like five thirty Pacific on Friday. Um, it was just kind of came off as tone deaf and like talking through both sides. And, um, so that kind of didn't sit well. And right. It's one of those things that to like to use D and D terms, like this seems like the most lawful evil thing, which is kind of how corporations work. Of course, like this isn't like a unique, I mean, Blizzard right. Thing, you sign, but like, like they, they hold, they have the right to do it. You sign the end user. Right. Like it's de- definitely lawful. Right. Like they have the right to do so. The reasoning to do so, or to enact a specific part of your end user agreement to do something like this in a very weird situation, especially because it's like, it's not related to your actual game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. And also, like, when you win a tournament, are, are, are those, are your winnings actually subject to that end user so, license agreement, so I guess? So from what I saw, it's not, like, the actual game's user license. It's the tournament rules that were broken. And so um, that's, but then the tournament rule itself is kind of mad sketchy. Like, it's super vague, and it's basically, like, Blizzard has the sole discretion to do what they want if they think something brings like negative publicity. Um, it's not worded that way, but that's basically how it comes across. I mean, right. And I mean, so yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I understand and I understand where they're coming from wanting, you know, but and like, yeah, like the, the situation we should say in Hong Kong between Hong Kong and China is getting weird um, to say the very least, not to get into world issues, but I mean, it it's it was definitely interesting. And what's kind of cool about it is also bringing attention mm-hmm. to the situation over there as a result, which is kind of cool. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Um, they at least they gave it back as prize winnings. I mean, they're not. I don't see them further retracting the ban at this point. Um, yeah. 
I think he'll remain banned for the six months and then come back and he'll be fine. But uh, I don't see Blizzard doing something. But this is also like this is this is an ongoing conversation with anyone in any type of tech field or, you know, like mm-hmm. especially for the massive following for video games um, like where they have to decide, like what is associated with their brand um, or and like how do they enforce those rules? And you see this like this debate is huge in social media and you know like with how social games especially uh, are anymore they're Mm -hmm. essentially a social media platform anymore and they're you know but that's not what they're geared towards so they have to work on what their community guidelines are what like you know it's it's such a such a gray area for like oh well we have to enforce this um and a lot of times you end up enforcing it when it affects when it has potential right. business ramifications. I think if this was something where this was going on and it wasn't China, people would have a much different like perspective on it. But because there's such a clear like business and marketing side, it very com- it very much comes out uh, as Blizzard's saying like, we're going to do this not because necessarily we want to, but because we want to protect our financials. Like this is making sure that we don't get censored. This is making sure our games can be sold. Um, and it, it kind of, to me, also reeks of that, like, I don't want political statements, but not making a political statement is a political statement, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also the other piece that most games in China have their own private Chinese mm-hmm. servers. They're not actually accessible. Like, you can't actually play with people in China hmm. on most games. Like they, they're, they're, they're regionally locked on so many levels at times. And maybe that's also one thing that Blizzard like wants to afford to Chinese users is to maintain, um, that access Mm -hmm. for the most part on their platform. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot happening there. And as a result, it has become pretty political and a company being political with a nation. Yeah. It's a little weird. Um, but yeah, Chinese China has so many so many weird rules. Mm-hmm. We'll wrap that up there and let's move into some exciting news um, in our movies, TV, anime, and entertainment. Disney Plus is about to launch. And we just got the drop what? of all no, the not. stuff that'll be coming to it at launch. And so this is a huge list. We'll throw a link to it in the show notes so that any listeners that are interested can take a look. Um, we're going to kind of just do a quick skim through and maybe shout out a couple things that are very interesting to us or that we're specifically excited for. So, Chris, what catches your eye? Okay. Uh, nothing. I'm just, I don't know. Like, it's it's a quite the library, like, in terms of, like, if you're just looking at, like, all the old 90s stuff and everything, um... I mean, you're, we're going to see like, like what I'm loving about this is it is exactly what I wanted. It would like the old Disney channel original mm-hmm. movies and everything. So we got Brink <laughs> definitely watching that on launch. Um, just going back to the old nineties shows. Uh, we've got uh smart house, Johnny tsunami. <laughs> Come on. Um, like just all the old classics that you grew up pretty much. Well, that I guess we would have grown up watching um, that were just ridiculous. Um, 
and then up through like modern i don't even know it's like it's such a mm-hmm. big page cameron don't so do this for me, to me um i'm obviously excited for mandalorian we've talked about that on the show before i'm really hopeful that that will be as cool as it looks um in terms of older star wars content i'm excited for the clone wars and rebels um because i haven't seen those yet and i've heard really good things and so i'm looking forward to watching those um for marvel content i'm really excited for the 1992 x-men series as well as x-men evolution um I feel like neither of those probably held up too great, but I'm really excited to watch them. What? Um, some weird omissions. Um, is this according to the IGN article? You have Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 3. But not Iron Man 2. I mean, it was the worst Iron Man. Uh, I don't know. Three's pretty bad. I mean, two's pretty bad. You're not wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I like yeah, them all. I mean, it's, I, I enjoy saying? them There's both. No, but none of like, them are bad. It, it's, um, and speaking of which, they do have Thor Dark World, the Dark World, but they don't have regular Thor or Thor Ragnarok. I'm wondering if that's a Netflix thing, because I know Ragnarok is on Netflix. I'm assuming so. that a lot of this, like a lot of any omissions like this might be due to certain con- like contracts still being active with Netflix and like certain rights to to the streaming uh streaming rights mm-hmm. of those movies like they probably like there's probably some like accidental oh we accidentally contracted this with Netflix through 2022 yeah that was an oversight our bad <laughs> some lawyer just got fired uh <laughs> some contract lawyer on <laughs> Disney's end just got fired with the launch of Disney plus uh see awesome but yeah like it's it's going to be a huge library and also gosh yeah it's i'm excited for this platform also we should say the launch date is set for november 12th for 6.99 mm-hmm. a month i believe that will just be for disney plus and then also we should be seeing that uh that big package with disney plus hulu and espn if you watch sports which probably not as yeah. excited although like-, like to that point like if you are someone who because like I have friends that this is the case for them, but the only reason they still have cable is to watch sports. They watch everything right. else on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. So like if you're one of those people, like this is a really good time to cut the cord. Like just get that subscription, drop cable. You now have ESPN streaming. Like it's true. It I think it's really because that's like the standard like demographic for like people mm-hmm. with kids <laughs> you have the dad who want need sports um you have disney for the kids and then and disney for the mom and then hulu for all the the current the shows drama series on hulus <laughs> um yeah it'll be exciting i'm excited um long, november 12th so we, we're still four weeks out but soon mm-hmm. very soon a lot of these I'm not as interested in. Like they have a lot of the older stuff in, like going back yeah. to the forties. Um, I'm hyped for Robin Hood because they mm-hmm. have the 1973 Robin Hood, which is my favorite Robin Hood movie ever. So I'm really excited to watch that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm just excited for all the 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. So start me off. Let's see, quick segue um, or quick shout out, I guess, as we get to our next stuff. Zombieland Double Tap comes out this week. So we're going to the premiere Thursday night and I am super excited. I bet. I'm not going, I'm, I'm going to try to go this weekend, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, like, I really want to see it, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it's theater, me going to the theater worthy right now. Mm-hmm. I got you. It definitely seems like one of those movies that like will either be fantastic or maybe you should have just left it at one. That kind of thing. No, they shouldn't have just left it at one. They should have left it as a TV series. But, exactly. <laughs> Zing. You got me. <laughs> they should have left it at a T way back, way, way back. Yes. Um, I'll likely end up seeing this in theaters, but I don't know. It'll depend if my friends want to go. Like, this isn't something I'll go out of my way to see in theaters. Mm-hmm. Something I want to if, if I have people to go with. But it's not one that I'm like, I need to see this in theaters, so I'll go alone. I got you. Maybe I will. Who knows? We'll see. I still want to see it. It looks it looks hilarious. Um, I don't know. What's this Lore Olympus? So Lore Olympus is getting an animated series. This is a webtoons um, and Diana and Carrie read this. I don't I don't know if Corey does as well, but this is big for the Faith, Trust and Pixie Dust crowd. Um, I kind of just tangentially know it because Deanna reads it. Um, but then Deanna's sister actually sent this and said that we should talk about it on the podcast. So that's how you get news items in the podcast show notes. It's true. Share it with us because otherwise we might not know. So this we try be, to know, but yeah, we might. This could we be entirely don't. wrong. But I think Laura Olympus is a modern take on the Greek myths. Um, and I think it focuses on Persephone and Hades. And so um, according to this article, from Nerds and Beyond. It launched in 2018 and currently has 79 episodes um, with new updates every Friday or every Saturday. And so if you're interested in that, I've heard really good things. Again, this is not something that I have read, um, but it's supposed to be really good. Just some tidbits about Lore Olympus. It launched in 2018, currently has 79 episodes and counting. Um, with a rating of 9.7 out of 10 from Webtoon and 4.7 out of 5 on Goodreads. Um, also has been not received uh, the 2019 Eisner Award, not is a 2019 Eisner Award nominee. Um, yeah. So- Official synopsis. Says it's stylish and immersive. This is one of the myth- mythology's greatest stories, the taking of Persephone as it's never been told before. Cause this is actually like written as like opposite of our perception of of Persephone and Hades. Because yeah. it's kind of a weird story. Very yeah. bad story. <laughs> um, whereas this one like reimagines it as like an actual love story from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Other news that we might understand a bit better. Potentially. Bandai Namco wants to buy the entire Gundam lineup. 
What's going on with that? Yes. Um, so they have recently uh, bid to purchase a majority of common stock of Sotsuko um, Limited, which result in them owning the rights to the, because they already own rights to the Gundam franchise. Um, Sotsuko owns pretty much the Raymian piece, so a controlling share of Sotsuko would result in Bandai Nabco's contr- entire control of <laughs> the um, Gundam franchise. Um. We should say they already own 22% of Sotsuko. So this is just them basically so, doing a takeover. Yeah, exactly. Um, just to be in complete, have complete control of the entire series. I don't. So we should say Bandai Namco predominantly known <laughs> for video games, um, especially Japanese video games. Big, big developer in Japan. Um probably their most popular video game series mm-hmm. are from the Dragon Ball franchise. Um, but ultimately Gundam has been one of the most profitable anime franchises um, all time. I mean, dating all the way back to before the eighties. So 1979. Um, and so essentially all they're doing is just trying to consolidate. Um, it's ultimately that headline is just, clickbait mm-hmm. they already own part of the company they're just seeking to purchase the, the controlling share um i believe what did they say um yeah the purchase would be uh cost for them to purchase the remaining shares <laughs> would be about 325 million dollars but i would give them a lot of so it's so also looking at that like i'm not sure i never mind i'm not gonna speculate at this point i have to look a little deeper um sotsuko owns other things as well obviously um so uh while gundam is probably the most prevalent or recognizable i'm sure there's other profitable series that they could that they would also gain control over as a result yeah that's about it and that Speaking of anime, though. Yeah. Chris, tell us about these fall animes and the new isekais that you're so, watching all of them of. <laughs> I'm not, because that's too many. How many new, new, I should new. say, new isekai series do you think we have this season? Six. Yes. No, I was six. right. Six. <laughs> six. It's not all on Crunchyroll, don't get me wrong. But there are six new running isekai animes so in another world um some are actually looking kind of fun um so we have so with that we we do get the return of uh sword art online um resuming their allocization um series i will actually say okay Watch the newest seasons. It's actually getting pretty good. It gets intense. Like it is entirely rooted um, at, in resulting from his relationship with Asuna. So it's it's fine. It's good stuff. Um, as far as I can tell, I don't know about the most recent season. I don't know how they're going to twist this into something I, I, I'll hate. <laughs> um, you don't know how the first half will be really good and then the second half will be awful. Exactly. So I can't say for sure yet. Um we also get the return of My Hero Academia season four Woo. is officially started. 
um, off to a wonderful start. Super excited. Um, be sure you're checking that out. You can watch that on Hulu if you're not willing to subscribe to uh, Crunchyroll or whichever, you know, because you're, it's like you just want to dip your toe in that anime water. Um, don't want to just jump right in. Hulu is a great place. So is Netflix. So th- likely subscription services you already have. Um, anime is a, they have great uh, animes out. Right now I'm just reviewing pieces that are on Crunchyroll because Hulu doesn't simulcast mm. or sorry. Netflix doesn't simulcast. Um, we are back with Shokugeki no Soma or Food Wars. The fourth plate is here as well. It's just a great lineup so far this season. Um, getting into some of those new in another world animes. So these ones are, they, they feel a little more self-aware. Um, one is, didn't I say to make my abilities average in the next life? Um, and so it's essentially a high school genius gets reincarnated as a fantasy world royal as fantasy world royalty. Hmm. Um, high school prodigies have it easy, even in another world. Um, literally seven high school prodigies, like specialize in their own field or something. Um, high schoolers end up in another world. (laughs) Um, yeah so many um those are the those are the ones i'm looking out for at least currently we also do have uh a new sports anime ahiru no sora um is a basketball sports anime we'll see how it holds up to kiriko no basket um what else do we get we've got the legend of galactic heroes da knew the second um intergalactic war anime we'll see how that goes i'm interested in to see how assassin's pride grows um looks interesting we got some pretty dark themed pieces kind of i'm not sure they see like we're dealing with like lots of ninja themes right now um (laughs) all ninjas all day all ninjas all day um and Dr. Stone will continue, uh, which is one I'm I'm enjoying to continue. Uh, Black Clover <laughs> continues further, you know, 100 something episodes and just like they've been ongoing for the last two years at this point, just straight through um, no breaks. Um, although we also did get break, uh, news that uh, My Hero Academia will have a brief break in December. So makes sense. I have a mid season. Mm hmm. Well, that's uncommon for anime, though. This is true. It is a lot more common for our... uh, Anime is a very seasonal piece, so typically you're going to run 12 weeks straight. 12 episodes, 12, 13 episodes straight through. um, Or or you do two season back-to-back, and you'll go straight through for 24. Or actually, typically you'll end up at 22. Um, But yeah. Oh, also, another isekai, Ascendance of a Bookworm. This one I'm actually, I want to look at. A librarian is reincarnated into another world where books are a rare commodity. Hmm. Interesting. It's, it's like all those weird scenarios that come up in, like, games. <laughs> it's like, would you rather? Well, 
Well, make it, we'll make what an anime. What would that look like as an anime? Make it an anime. <laughs> That's also why I love the for- format of anime. It's great. Um, obviously, this is like, as I mentioned, I'm. This is just what's on Crunchyroll since that's what I'm currently subscribed to. There are other animes that are simulcasting to Hulu or that may be exclusive to Amazon or Verve um, as well. I I do know Verve gets a few additional animes here and there, Um, but there are definitely things worth checking out. And that brings us to our favorite segment. Dongle News. And that brings us into the tangibles. Um, we have a <laughs> <Pretty> couple, <much. laughs> we have um, kind of two things I wanted to shout out this week um, in the, in the world of board and card games. Before you get into that, I mean, just so we have something in dongle news, uh, which we'll be talking about more in for our next episode in two weeks, just because it happens this week. It hasn't happened yet. Um, we've been kind of hyping this. We get the, as of this week, start uh, after, after we have recorded, Google is having their hardware event. Um, so be on the lookout for that uh, or let us know what you thought of it. And we'll definitely talk about that more in a couple of weeks. So for board games, one of the things I wanted to specifically call out that I knew you would be a big fan of, Chris, is that Nino Cooney 2 is getting a board game. Why is Nino Kuni 2 getting the board game and not just not like Nino the franchise? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not. Yeah. Like, like specifically because people now are going to, it's a marketing play. People Where's are going to be like, Oh, is there Nino Kuni? This is the Jack shot mock, game? Mark, like uh, the mock three all over again. <laughs> and so there's your final fantasy 10 reference for the show. Um, and so it looks interesting. Um, obviously it's licensed. And so, Licensed games tend to be what they are, um, but it has a really cool art style. I like the look of the cards, um, and it very much kind of looks like that aesthetic of the game. Um, you're going to complete quests, gain resources, win the citizens round, and you can build your perfect kingdom um, where all play all people can live in peace and harmony. So, um, that's going to drop some. Well, if I don't I want to live in peace not and harmony. Um, and that's going to drop November 2019. And so the next thing I wanted to shout out was that Steamforged has announced three new expansions for the Dark Souls board game. Um, the first one is going to be a character expansion. Um, and then there's going to be a Vert, Vert, V-O-R-D-T, of um, Boreal Valley. And then the Dark Root Basin um, and Iron Keep expansions. Um, which will and they each kind of add new things. So the character expansion adds new character, new playable characters, and comes with new minis. Um, the vert comes with a new boss, um, and then the dark root valley or dark root basin um, comes with nine new double sided tiles. And so, I played this with my brother in law. Um, it's pretty fun. It definitely can can hit that problem where you don't get your weapons quick enough. Um, and so you don't get like a, a good upgraded weapon for a while, but that's dark souls. So dang five, three new expansions for a board game. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Uh, yeah. I'd rather have it that way than like one giant one, like roll for the galaxy just did this where they put out a giant expansion or giant box of expansions. Um, and I think it's like three or four mini expansions. Um, but it's like 80 bucks because it's all of those things. It's all together. 
Yeah. Whereas like if it was three other ones, like, I mean, I get from a business perspective while you're losing so much on packaging and stuff like that, but it's kind of hard to justify spending more than the base game to, to get those expansions. Granted, you're getting all of the expansions, but like, it's, it's really just one giant expansion. If that's the case, if you can't get them separately. Yeah. It's one, basically one giant, like, like it's like a bunch of modular things. Like you can plug and play kind of thing. Right. Whereas, you know, since it costs more than the base, it's just a ton of additions to the game. Whereas if you sold them separately, now it's like, oh, I can do this now. Like, oh, I want to check out that piece. Then we'll check out this piece. And then mm-hmm. ultimately marketing multiple smaller pieces works out really well when you people already own the game. Yeah. Um, My addition for the tangibles is I'm just excited. So recently ultimate guard a card game a trading card game accessory company i don't know storage company i don't know what to call them um, but they've kind of teamed up with wizards to produce a their newest product called the smart hive planeswalker <laughs> it holds 400 plus double sleeve cards so it holds four sidewinders for 100 plus cards so 100 double sleeve cards. So four commander decks. Um has storage for a digital life pad, a five inch digital life pad, as well as space for your dice collection. And then <laughs> its cover can actually be used as a playmat. I like this idea. Yeah, and it has it, you know, the traditional Xenoskin material. Um yeah, I want this. Just because four <laughs> One unit to carry four of your commander decks, plus you have the playmat built in mm-hmm. and everything. Sounds good. Yeah, I definitely like things like that where you can carry multiple decks. Um, I have a couple, or I have like three things that are two deck carriers, um, and those are really nice. Mm-hmm. They have been. Like, I have one that I've found from, I can't remember what the company is called, but it was super nice. Like, especially when it's multiple commander decks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many that, like, so I have one from decks. It's, um it's nice but it really only it holds one commander deck and then one constructed deck 160 card well mm-hmm. 75 i guess technically um wood sideboard and then a little another little area for dice which is it's nice but it's like i'd rather this hold two of my commander decks mm-hmm. instead because i don't play the other format yeah i got you but yeah this i'm definitely probably gonna buy one because ultimate guard has made good things but i'll wait for the professor to review it. I hope he does. Yeah. So let's jump into our top three list for this week. We're talking about three villains um, that should get their own standalone, whether that's a game or a TV show or a movie. Um, three villains that should get their own standalone thing. So, Chris, who's your first one? My first one. It's going to be Tom Riddle. Hmm. I don't know. Like just, we, we, we see so many of these glimpses throughout the Harry Potter series. I think it'd be nice to get deeper into that lore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it'd just be fun. That's a really good know. one. It'd be intense. Yeah. That'd be like, like how do you become the ultimate baddie in the wizarding world? Yeah. I think it'd be really cool to see that kind of in that, like not as like a, 
a year in the life of Voldemort, but right. a like episodic a progression kind of thing. Like also like the progression of like when he begins tapering mm-hmm. off his soul into the Horcruxes and like how that affects his overall demeanor too. Mm-hmm. And that progression, that'd be really interesting and fascinating to, to see yep. that dissension. That's a really good choice. My first one. I know, that's why I picked it. <laughs> that's why I picked it, because it's a good joke. Um, my first one's the Nosopar Eyes of Anyone is an Avatar um, pick, and that's Zaheer in the Black Lotus. Um, the baddies from Legend of Korra, book three. Um, and I think that these would be a really cool set of villains because you kind of get the opposite of Team Avatar, where you get um, your your Firebender, your Airbender, or your Earthbender, your Waterbender, and then kind of Zaheer as at the time, not an airbender. Um, but you kind of could show the original team avatar kind of at four p- full power where they are adults as well as, um, kind of bridge that gap between the season or the series. And so, and also of course, they're just a cool batch of villains who actually have like a decently thought out plan, which is kind of impressive for, for villains. But yeah, is it here in the black Lotus? What's your next one, Chris? My next one, probably a little cliche, but Sauron. <laughs> but so the main reason why I want to pick Sauron, though, is because for you to do Sauron, you have to do a deep dive in Middle Earth lore. Because as we have previously discussed when I had brought up Gandalf um, as a character and um, his actual, like the power level of wizards and what their actual existence is. Um, and that essentially they are, you know, in relationship to Sauron um, and how their lore goes way back to the original creation mm-hmm. um, and everything. You have to go back really far, realizing that there obviously has to, Sauron is such a compelling character. He's very, he's very much, um, a lot of relationship to say Lucifer mm-hmm. um, with he there's ultimately a fall, something that results in him falling um, and then ultimately serving, uh, you know, evil becoming known as the necromancer and that progression. And then ultimately becoming the big baddie of the, of the common age um, for middle earth. Uh, and yeah, it'd be intense. I like it intense and also just because it's like since we have the, the amazon series come up hopefully we'll see a little more of middle earth lore but to go that far back to launch and just do the fall of sauron would be fascinating mm-hmm. do it my next one is my marvel shout out and that is the sinister six um a batch of six villains from spider-man's um background um I think there would be a lot of big challenges to this movie kind of falling into that same challenges that like suicide squad faced where if you're throwing in a bunch of villains that haven't had their own time to be built up, you're kind of just like, no one's going to really care about them. Um, but there's some really interesting villains that kind of come in and out of that group. Um, amazing. Or the, the Marvel Spider-Man did the sinister sticks very well, um, where you kind of had, um, Peter Parker refighting them. Um, he's already fought them before and he's fighting them again. And so I think there's some cool like places you could take that story. 
Um, and this could be a very cool trope for like, um, I guess this wouldn't be a standalone, but for like into the spider verse two, where you could have, um, the sinister sticks, like from the different universes coming together to fight the various spider people. <laughs> and so that'd be good. I like it. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. I don't know how it would work, but I think it would be cool. It's a good one. Chris, what's your last one? I, I'm still not sure. <laughs> I mean, this one, like, I kind of want to pick something from a video game series. So this has kind of been up in the air. Um, I was, you know, Sephiroth's story would be super fascinating, but I'm sure we're actually going to get that, a lot more of that in the upcoming um, Final Fantasy remakes or pieces. Um, probably not in the first one as much, since that's more focused on Shinra. Um, as the kind of the evil piece. Um, other characters, so like, I was thinking maybe Ganon from Zelda would be mm -hmm. cool, but I'm not, cause probably because I'm not as aware. Like, he's not a very three-dimensional character, but it'd be cool to get that mm -hmm. dimension um, for him. So ultimately, I think I'm going to arrive doing Bowser. Like, what are you doing, Bowser? What's your obsession with Princess Peach? What's going on here? Yeah. Leave Peach alone. Leave Peach Tell us alone. Show us on the doll where they hurt you. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it, it's just like... Poor Bowser. Ones that, like, I, I, I almost want to pick more two-dimensional characters to see how they would develop them for a series at times, too. So, like, mm -hmm. because ultimately, we, we don't know Bowser's intention. He just, like, the entire Super Mario premise is... Here comes Bowser, he kidnaps Princess Peach. Here goes Mario and Luigi off to save, their, save her. That's all we know. We don't know why he's doing it. Just mm -hmm. that he is. <laughs> yeah. I think right. that'd be cool for both Bowser and Ganon um, to kind of get a full yeah, game from would be their really perspective. really fun to play as. Um, yeah. And you kind of, like, for both of them, you could have that, you have that final boss fight as, like, mm -hmm. the reverse of what's normal. When normally, of course, you have Link. You're playing as Link or Mario, but for both of those, you get that that fight from the other side as you try to destroy the world in Ganon's right. case, or yeah, do whatever exactly. it is that Bowser's like, doing. Like, question for video games is hard for me to pick because, mm -hmm. like, my favorite villains from video games are already so well developed. Like, you don't necessarily need mm -hmm. their perspective. You know, it just seemed over the top like to do a game or a series like and also like in final fantasy 7 you get to play as sephiroth in parts so i mean you already get some development there so i don't it was it was, it was hard to say so i ended up gearing toward more of the two-dimensional just to see how they would be developed what would their their motivation be for doing what they do mm-hmm My last one is my video game one. Um, and this is one I know I've talked about before. I think I mentioned it on our top three endings. And that is Evil Cole from Infamous 2. Um, I'd really like to see a pickup of that story, which is established as not canon. Um, but the way that game ends, um, getting to see how that would have influenced the world, had that been the, can the canonical choice, I think would have been very interesting. Now, granted, you can play as Evil Cole in the game, but, you know, um, 
like seeing the continuation of that story into a actual standalone like comic or something like that, where you see like the what if um, of Evil Cole, I think would be really interesting. Um, especially when you when we got Delson, an infamous second son, um, and his evil take seems really cool too. Um, but, but yeah, Evil Cole, um, my video game choice. And so that brings us to our top three for the next time that we record a news episode. Chris, you got anything picked? Top three obscure weapons. Obscure weapons. Okay. I guess video game weapons. I don't know. Um, since I was talking about Final Fantasy VII earlier, so like Masamune, the super long sword you know mm-hmm. you have clouds buster sword um so do you want to just leave it as weapons then yeah because like i would not call the buster sword obscure i mean it's pretty obscure and it's also impossible right oh so like like physics define is that what you mean yeah like, so like like when i think of obscure i think of like what's the niche thing people don't know about Okay. No, like just like, yeah, like not, not not yeah, not obscure. Like probably don't know, but like maybe not plausible. So that's what makes it mm-hmm. cool and probably your favorite one of your favorite weapons. Sounds good. I know where you were. What one of yours are? Really? Yeah. Cause I don't actually know one, um, yep. but I don't think it's the one that you're thinking of. Um, but we'll find out what those are um, when we get back together um, for a news episode. Listeners, if you would like to let us know what villains you think um, would be really cool if they got a standalone um, or the top three um, unrealistic or physics defying weapons. Um, you can do that by reaching out to us on our social media, which is one geek 411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. You can send us an email at one ST geek 411 at gmail.com. You can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, and Google podcasts, and then check out the show notes over at one geek 411.com. While you're there, you can find our sister podcast, faith, trust, and pixie dust. And then, of course, you can reach out to us on our personal social medias as well. I'm Himar Wittil. And I'm not so foreign. I love you.